AI brings a lot to the table in sales. It can predict customer needs, personalize offerings, automate follow-ups. It's like having a crystal ball and a tireless assistant all in one. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table, because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch. And today's a snackable episode with Roland where he's going to get into some more tactical strategies that you can start using to live a rich and happy life. If this is the first snackable episode you're hearing, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes that Roland has put out. And if you want to get notified every time we release a new episode, go to the new businesslunchpodcast.com website and we'll send you detailed notes along with every episode. That's businesslunchpodcast.com, www businesslunchpodcast.com and you can sign up for the free email newsletter where you'll be able to get all the highlights and resources from the episodes. Hey everybody, I'm Roland Frazier and welcome to another episode of the Business Lunch Podcast where my business partner and co-host Ryan Dice and I discuss all the hot topics of the day and concerning our various businesses and you get to be a fly on the wall or a guest at the table for everything we talk. And I'm Ryan Dice. Today, we're going to explore some of the hottest and most controversial topics around everyone's favorite new and evolving technology, artificial intelligence or AI. Exactly. And so let's jump right in and get started with something that is on everyone's mind, and that is how AI affects digital marketing. Ryan, as the founder and CEO of one of the largest and most well-known digital marketing companies at digitalmarketer.com, you're in a great position to share some perspective on this. So Ryan, we're seeing AI influencing every corner of our lives, especially in the world of digital marketing. How exactly is AI shaking things up in that world right now? And what should we be thinking about and looking out for as AI applies to digital marketing? Well, Roland, it's simple. AI is like an intuitive clairvoyant who predicts your next move before you make it. It's allowing marketers to tailor experiences like never before. Think personalized ads, recommendations, even dynamically changing websites to suit individual users. Those things have been around for a while now, but in a much more rudimentary, clunky form. AI is taking all of these things to the next level. So look for more and better versions and applications of these things at lower technology and people costs, as well as increasing efficiency, automating tasks, providing deep insights, you name it. Okay, great. So AI really ups the game for a lot of this, but from a privacy perspective, what if I don't want someone sneaking a peek into my data to build their own fortunes without really giving me anything back but a better sales and marketing experience. Roland, you make it sound like a dystopian nightmare where Big Brother is watching our every move, but it's really not at all like that. Marketers aren't mind readers. They're just using data you've already put out there. Do we need to manage consents, be mindful of privacy, and even provide laws and regulations to guide how the data we provide is used? Yes, absolutely. But still, I believe the trade-off of data usage for customer experience will win the day in the heart of the average consumer. Okay, but what about the data I didn't realize I was putting out there? Let's not forget that not everyone is tech savvy. How many people understand cookies, trackers, or data privacy? Isn't it a bit invasive? Well, you do have a point there, but remember, as I said, it's all in service of a better user experience. Uh, a better experience or a better sales conversion. It's like inviting someone into your home and then finding them rummaging through your drawers. I mean, seriously, I think we've reached a point where people are getting a little concerned, not just about data leakage, but also the ability of big corporations to profit from the use of someone's individual personal data. 
building unicorn software applications and e-commerce stores on the backs of personal private data with no compensation to the people who actually own and provide that data, the average user. Yeah, I get that, but not everyone sees it as drawer rummaging. Some might call it intuitive hospitality. Well, intuitive hospitality should come with a clear do not disturb sign. Anyway, as the saying goes, one person's great user experience is another person's privacy nightmare. That's true, and that's why it's good to have discussions like this to help keep us marketers honest. I suppose that's why we make such a great team. Absolutely. Okay, so hit us up and let us know what you think about this. If you're listening or watching right now, reach out to us at businesslunchpodcast.com and share your thoughts and perspectives about these questions with us. And who knows, you might find us sharing your perspective in our next episode. Ryan, let's talk about AI in sales. We know that AI can analyze and predict customer behavior, but can it really replace the old-fashioned human touch? Well, that's a complex question. AI brings a lot to the table in sales. It can predict customer needs, personalize offerings, automate follow-ups. It's like having a crystal ball and a tireless assistant all in one. A crystal ball and a tireless assistant, okay. But what about the human aspect of sales? That ability to connect on a personal level, to empathize with a customer's needs, to read the room. Can AI do that? AI can analyze data and adapt based on patterns. So in a way, it can read the room, just not the same way you or I might. Exactly. That's my point. Not the same way. There's a warmth, a genuine human connection that's essential in sales. How many times have you bought something just because you liked the salesperson? Can an AI charm a customer? Well, charm might not be an AI skill set just yet, but it can provide timely and relevant assistance, which is a charm of its own. Oh, I see. Timely and relevant assistance. Like how a vending machine gives me a soda when I put in a dollar. I have to say I've never felt a deep connection with a vending machine, except maybe on a long road trip when you're looking for any temporary sugar rush to keep you awake until you get to your next stopping point. Well, maybe it's time we redefine what a connection in sales means as we move towards an increasingly digital world. Redefine or remember, the human touch isn't an outdated concept. It's an integral part of who we are. Leave it to you to boil down AI and sales to a charming salesperson versus a vending machine. Well, it's important to illustrate the contrast. There's a certain nuance to human interactions that AI just can't replicate. The subtle shifts in tone, the body language, the human ability to sympathize, and especially to empathize. Can your crystal ball replicate that? You're right. AI isn't perfect. It can't mirror every human characteristic, but it can efficiently process data, provide personalized solutions, and tirelessly work 24-7. That's not too shabby if you ask me. I agree. There's no denying the efficiency of AI. But here's a thought. Is it possible that we're replacing depth of connection with the breadth of reach? Hmm, interesting point. The quantity versus quality debate, huh? But with AI, we're not giving up on quality. We're aiming for a balance, personalized experiences at scale. A balance, uh, there's that word again, it seems to be the key here. It's about leveraging AI's efficiency without losing the human touch. That's a challenge for the modern salesperson, don't you think? Absolutely, the blend of technology and human touch is where the real magic happens. All right, folks, next question. Is AI's role in personalized advertising a boon for businesses and customers alike, or does it cross a line into invasiveness and manipulation? Uh, that's definitely an elephant in the room. Question Ryan, personalized advertising is everywhere. Businesses are leveraging AI to tailor ads like never before. Would you say it's a boon for businesses and customers alike? There's no denying the benefits. Personalized advertising can indeed boost revenue by reaching the right people with the right messages. But at what cost? 
Okay, sure, but let's not start with the cost, Ryan. Think about the benefits. Customers get a better experience. No more irrelevant ads, just products and services they might actually need. And businesses, they get to improve their bottom line. Sure, but there's, there's a darker side to it. You might get ads that align with your needs, but what about your privacy? The information used to tailor these ads is incredibly personal. It's like being constantly watched and analyzed. That's true, but some might argue that it's a small price to pay for convenience. If I don't have to sift through countless irrelevant ads, I might just be willing to share some data. Actually, I know for a fact that my ad experience is better because some of my data is available to allow advertisers to customize my ad experience. And I do like that better than seeing ads for all sorts of things that I would never want to even consider buying. Yeah, I don't disagree that the experience is better, but where do we draw the line? When does personalization become manipulation? What about the potential for misuse of such intimate data? You're always the worry wart. We have regulations in place for data privacy, including GDPR, all the privacy rules coming out of California, and all the ones still on the books making their way through the various lawmaking bodies. Plus, businesses are becoming more transparent about how they use customer data and sensitive to the impact of it and the responsibility to protect it. Regulations and transparency are one thing, but what about enforcement? Can we trust every business to adhere to those regulations and be fully transparent? Well, trust is at the core of every transaction, isn't it? If a business breaches that trust, it risks losing customers and brand damage. But I do agree, it's not a perfect system. Right. It's a balance, yet again, between convenience and privacy, revenue and ethics. It's an ongoing debate and one we should for sure continue to have as AI evolves. Absolutely, Ryan. There's a buzz about these so-called deepfakes, and it's got businesses worried. New criminal activity has deepfake family members calling and asking in the voice of a partner or child for money to be wired. Voice authenticator at banks are being fooled for wire transfer authorizations and videos and ads are being created with deepfake videos and audios that the person whose voice or image is being cloned never consented to. Those are just a few of the challenges deepfake presents, but isn't there a creative side to this technology too? And also a convenience and productivity perspective? one that could potentially outweigh the risks. Yeah, for sure. AI has brought us to a point where we can create incredibly realistic simulations, but that's exactly why it's a concern. Deepfakes could be used maliciously to spread misinformation or damage reputations as well as several of the applications you ran through. But think of the creative possibilities. Imagine being able to simulate a product demonstration, create an ad campaign with virtually any celebrity, or even conduct virtual meetings with lifelike avatars. The potential is massive. True, but what about the potential damage? What if a deep fake video of a company CEO saying something damaging or offensive is circulated? That could be disastrous to both the CEO and even the whole brand. Of course, there are risks, but that's where protective measures come in. Businesses can invest in AI detection tools to spot deep fakes. There's also the importance of educating employees and customers about this technology. But is that enough? The technology to create deepfakes is advancing faster than the tools to detect them. Plus, as you mentioned, not everyone is tech savvy. The potential for misuse is just too high. Right, but every new technology comes with risks. But we adapt, we evolve, we find ways to mitigate those risks. AI and deepfakes are no different. Well, I hope we can adapt quickly. Because with the rapid advances in AI, the deepfake threat is only going to get more complex. That's a challenge for the tech industry for sure, but isn't overcoming challenges what we humans do best? I agree, overcoming challenges is what we do. But sometimes it's the challenges we create ourselves that prove the toughest to overcome. I see your point. Still, I believe in the creativity and resilience of the human spirit. 
We created AI and we'll find a way to manage its risks. I hope so. The potential for good is undeniable, but the potential for harm is real. And it's that's what we need to prepare for. For sure, the preparation is key. As we delve deeper into the realm of AI, it's crucial for businesses to be proactive. Invest in detection tools, upskill your team, educate your customers. There's work to be done. Absolutely. And we also need to advocate for ethical AI practices. That includes stricter regulations on the use and creation of deepfakes. Now that's something we can both agree on. Ethical AI practices are essential, not just for deepfakes, but for all aspects of AI. Exactly. Ethics should be at the heart of AI development. Okay, on to our next question, which is, how is AI being utilized to drive operational efficiency in businesses? And is there a point at which the automation of jobs becomes detrimental? AI is being used across various sectors to drive operational efficiency. For example, in healthcare, AI is assisting with patient triage, reducing waiting times, and improving patient outcomes. In manufacturing, AI is being used for predictive maintenance, reducing downtime and saving costs. But is there a tipping point where automation of jobs becomes a detriment? What do you think about that? You've mentioned some great examples. AI is indeed optimizing operations. But what about the social implications? What happens to the people whose jobs are replaced by AI? I get that, but AI does more than just automate jobs. It can take over mundane tasks, freeing up human workers to focus on more complex, creative aspects of their work. It's about augmenting human capabilities, not replacing them. That's true, but not all jobs have a creative aspect. What about assembly line workers, cashiers, truck drivers? Their livelihoods could be threatened by AI. No question, but every technological revolution has displaced jobs. Remember when ATMs were introduced? There was a fear that bank tellers would become obsolete. Instead, they transitioned into customer service roles, providing value in new ways. That's a valid point. But the scale at which AI could replace jobs is unprecedented. And not everyone can transition into a new role or learn new skills, or transition or learn quickly enough not to have a significant up-level gap where their income cannot be replaced as quickly as their jobs because of an educational or retraining period. I agree it's a significant challenge, but it's a societal issue that we need to address collectively, not a reason to stop AI advancements. We need policies in place to support those affected, perhaps reskilling initiatives or universal basic income. Right. These conversations are not only essential, but also timely. With the pace of AI advancement, these discussions need to happen now, not just among us tech enthusiasts, but in boardrooms, classrooms, and legislative halls. I agree 100%. Everyone has a stake in this. AI is no longer some futuristic concept. It's here, it's now, and it's affecting our lives in more ways than we can count. That's true, but as we've said throughout this conversation, it's about balance. Leveraging AI's benefits while mitigating its risks, ensuring it's used ethically and responsibly, and preparing for its impacts on society. Amen to that. We're navigating uncharted territory here. But with open dialogue, ethical practices, and smart policies, I'm confident we can make the most of AI. Okay, our next question is, how is AI transforming customer service? And where do we draw the line between automation and the need for genuine human interaction? Ryan, we've seen businesses use AI chatbots for customer inquiries, companies like Amtrak and Sephora, for instance, and of course, Amazon's Alexa and Apple's Siri. But is there a point where we miss that genuine human interaction? It's a great question. While AI can handle a lot of customer inquiries, it can't replace the empathetic touch of a human. And in some cases, that's exactly what customers need. Right, but think about the benefits. AI chatbots can handle thousands of inquiries at the same time, 
and they're available 24 sevenths. That's a level of scalability, efficiency, and availability that human customer service reps can't match. True, but efficiency isn't everything. What about those complicated issues that need a human's judgment and understanding? Or customers who simply prefer dealing with humans? AI can't replace that. I see your point, but consider this. AI doesn't have bad days. It doesn't call in sick, get tired or impatient. It can provide consistent, reliable service that isn't affected by human factors. You've got a point for sure. But can a chatbot show understanding when a customer is upset? Can it go off script to provide personalized service? I don't think so. Well, you're right that AI has its limitations, no doubt. But as the technology evolves, who's to say it won't be able to handle more complex inquiries or even show a semblance of empathy? It's possible, even probable eventually. But until then, let's not discount the value of human customer service reps. They bring a level of personalization and empathy that AI simply can't match. I like that. Embracing the benefits of AI doesn't mean we completely do away with human touch. It's about finding that sweet spot where efficiency and empathy meet. Yes, uh, efficiency and empathy, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Before we close today's show, we've got a surprise reveal for our listeners. This entire episode from the topic outlined to this conversation you've been listening to has been created not by humans, but by AI. That's right, Roland. Our entire conversation, the insights we've shared, even our voices right now, have all been generated using advanced AI technologies. The episode script was created using OpenAI's language model, GPT-4. And our voices. The back and forth you've been hearing have been synthesized by AI technology from Eleven Labs. It's quite incredible how seamlessly AI has been able to replicate our discussion style and personalities. Well, I think that will just about do it for today. Thank you everyone for listening and for submitting your questions, many of which we covered here today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and help spread the word about Business Lunch Podcast. We appreciate you listening and watching and also all of your feedback and questions. Learn more at businesslunchpodcast.com. And thanks for being a part of this with us. We will see you next time on the next episode of Business Lunch. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail. 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process. 
in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail. 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available.